You're listening to a CanadianMovieCrew.com production. Stephen King's It is the story of a small town in Maine being terrorized by a creepy clown. Or is it? Welcome back to the Oars at Movie Podcast, where we try to find the real story behind the story. I'm Derek. And I'm Ian Mark. And today we're taking a look at the 1990 TV miniseries, Stephen King's It. Uh, this one's not a movie, but with the upcoming uh, It Chapter 2 coming out, we thought it was apropos. Plus, this is uh, Mean Mark's first venture into the It universe. Yeah. Um, and no, and- we're not doing this because it has It in the title. <laughs> for or is it oh i see well maybe yeah, so i should maybe i should change the picture then yeah put the, <laughs> to the it <laughs> or yeah or is and then just put pennywise you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go uh so we can welcome to the show harry anderson oh god and tim reed if you're a fan of uh, wkrp in cincinnati big was big time yep and we can welcome back a bunch of people you ready for this uh, what can I can I guess how many? Uh, can I say a few that I know of? Okay, uh, Annette O'Toole from Superman Three. There you go. Uh, we have uh, Jonathan Brandis, I think. Yep, Jonathan Brandis from. Uh, wasn't he the surfer dude guy in the the roller uh, the the rollerblading movie? No, no, but he was in Never Ending Story Two. Oh right, Never Ending Story Two. Right. Yeah. What was John Ritter in? John Ritter was in North. Remember, oh, he was Scarlett Johansson's shit. father. Right. Okay. Uh, Seth Green. I know we've had him in something. Or an Airborne. Yeah, the one Air, you just he mentioned. He was an Airborne. He was an Airborne. Seth Green in Airborne. Yep. That, um, uh, missing two. I'm missing two. Okay. Well, let's see. Tim Curry. There you go. Who was in... Oh, but gosh, we've done so many now. <laughs> Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Oh, that's right. Well, so was Donald Trump, though. So what, well, do, you, yeah, what but... do you know? <laughs> and uh... this one's going to be tough. This one's a, this so... one's a deep pull. OK, I'm going to guess it's one of the kids then, right? No, actually, it's, it's one of the up. adults. It's one of the adults. Uh, Richard Thomas. No, about Richard Masser. Um, oh, played one. I think he played one of the teachers in Encino Man. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, That's a deep pull. It's a deep pull. It is but... a deep, deep pull. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, wow. Now, like I said, Mark, you've never seen it before, right? I saw part of it back in the day. It was on TV and uh, it was scary. So I turned off. <laughs> Soon it's as... not scary. It was when I was a kid. Uh, I guess. I, clown, I saw that. The clown in the sewer thing just wasn't working for me. Like when I saw. In the intro, John Ritter, I knew that name because I watched reruns of Three's Company. Yeah. So, and I loved him in that. So I'm like, well, this has got to be good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, I, and I'd watched some Night Court. Harry Anderson's in that. So this has got to be good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, within a few minutes, I was like, no, thank you. I don't know. I saw this. Uh, old, I was older. I was a teenager. Like a 18, 19 teenager, you know, young adult. Right. 
And I was like, this scared people. Like, I know people to this day who are afraid of clowns because of this movie. What? And I'm like, really? This one's not, this is not scary. This was on ABC. Yeah, this was made for TV. Like, it was, they're like, don't bother with the theater. We don't need to put a rating on this. No. And, and make it four hours. We'll put commercials in. It'll be a two-day thing. I, I, I'm shocked that anyone was scared of this movie. I, I'm shocked. Yeah, I don't think it, anything that happens in it is scary. I don't think, I think anything. If if well, no, you're you're right. If this was 1980 or 1970, yes, sure, I think, because some of the creature effects would have been avant-garde in the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> but not, not in even 1990, in 1990. They were <laughs> like, laughable. I mean, the the claymation sucks in this one. I know I, it was probably standard or or good things at the time, but. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, but this is like, uh, like Clash of the Titans was like twenty years ago, <laughs> and yeah, and, no. and 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 you know what I mean, and they 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 got by on probably the same budget, might I like, add? Like, like I've seen better special effects in a, in a Michael Jackson video, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, the Thriller video, and that was nineteen eighty four, I think. So like eighty three, eighty four. So you know, it was yeah. yeah it was Speaking bad. of, well, we'll we'll get to that in a second. I, um. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was special, uh, better special effects in um, was the Tales from the Crypt. Oh God, yeah. The, the Crypt Keeper, Keeper looked better than this guy. Yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> now I do have to say, Tim Tim Curry does a great job in this movie, and everyone talks about how great Tim Curry is as Pennywise the Clown in this movie. He's only in it for less than twenty minutes. Yes, but I think the less is more formula does work in this case. I think. Yeah. Well. To a degree, and and the, and, um, the and, and 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 to be honest, Pennywise. The problem is, is I've seen it Chapter One, which came out in two thousand seven in the theater, and I know you will see it. Two thousand seventeen. Two thousand seventeen. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and I know you will see it. They were you were waiting to finish this podcast before seeing it. Yep. Um. Yeah, I didn't want to sully this re- this yeah. uh, episode of War Is It by watching the other one. But well, like, I know we're going to review the other one. Uh, but rewatching two. this after seeing it, chapter one, oh my god, it makes <laughs> chapter one so much better. And I already thought it was awesome, honestly. And my first impressions are like, "What's the big deal?" I don't, I okay. don't get, I don't get what the big deal is. Like, why? Like, I, yes, okay, Tim Curry was good, but you know what? He, uh, like, he was, he, he is a great, he makes a great villain, Hans Gruber. Was somebody else? Never mind. Um, Alan Rickman. <laughs> Alan Rickman. Oh my God! Why am I mixing those guys up? But Tim Curry is a consummate professional. Yeah, he he did do a great job. I'm not. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Like I'm not. For what I'm not, he was given. For yeah, what he was given. Yeah, which he was creepy and stuff like that. But I, I mean, the ending just rips everything right out from under you, and <laughs> it it's like well, that. Stephen King. It's like Stephen he, King has uh, has a track record of great buildups. Horrible letdown endings. Oh right, like the Langoliers. Like the Langoliers. Go, go see our review on that one. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or did you, what was the one? The Dome. Oh, I never even finished that. No, nobody did. Yeah, <laughs> nobody did. <laughs> nobody did. I know my yeah. parents read the book, and I said, "Well, how does it end?" He's like, "It's aliens." I'm like, "Really?" Uh, of course, well, that one I knew right from the start. Who put the giant invisible dome up? Well, okay, it's set in modern day. We can't do that. So it's got to be fucking aliens. Like, it's, yeah, it's not the U.S. government. Like, it's yeah, <laughs> it's an invisible shield to save on budget. But anyway, 
the, but this is like kind of like you take a pizza, pizza's good, you know, throw it in the blender and then present it in a cup. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. like what? What? Why aren't you eating it? It's pizza. It's pizza. It's not doesn't. Yeah, you shouldn't liquefy it and spit like, it back out like a. But you're like, oh, but, but it's not. It was looking good, but then you threw it in the blender. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> Stephen King, though. Wow, I don't it. I don't understand how. And is it just the movie adaptations that are shitting the bed, or is it just that he doesn't know how to end a story? It's well, <laughs> there, there's an ending in the book. I shouldn't say that. He's a world-renowned writer. I I could never do better than him or something. No, true, true, true. Yada, yada, yada. But we see they keep coming to the same conclusion. Maximum Overdrive, aliens. Yeah. The Langoliers, aliens. Yeah. (laughs) Don't, aliens. This, aliens. (laughs) Stephen King is known for a great setup and a horrible finish. Um, That's just in his books. We'll talk about the ending to the book later because you'll never see that (laughs) on video. Okay. Um, but uh, we'll get there. I actually have a bit of a, a brief synopsis here. Right, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so for anyone who hasn't... 1990. <laughs> yeah, so let's, for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, here comes uh, a way for you to catch up. It's 1990 and six kids in Derry, Maine have gone missing. This doesn't arise suspicion from the police, but does get the attention of Mike, the local librarian, and he calls his childhood friends. Roll call. Bill, a Hollywood writer with a stutter whose little brother Georgie was killed by a sewer-dwelling clown named Pennywise who has a weird fascination with things that float. Ben, an award-winning architect because they win awards. <laughs> oh, you uh, never been you never watched the Arkies on TV? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who, who was the target of bully Henry Bowers? Bev, a fashion designer who gets abused by every man she's ever known. Eddie is an <laughs> except our lovable gang of losers. Of course, of course. But you know what? Stay tuned. I've got some stuff to say about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Eddie, an asthmatic mama's boy who runs a limousine service. Richie, a late night television host who used to be Seth Green. And Stan. <laughs> Not many late night talk show hosts can say that. <laughs> That's very true. And Stan, a real estate broker and part-time sex machine. <laughs> as he claimed. <laughs> All of the Losers Club are stalked and tormented by Pennywise as children via means of Swamp Thing, Nose Bubble in the Sink, Shower Creeping, and Michael Jackson from the end of the Thriller music video. But after hunting it down, they were able to, de- to defeat Pennywise using the power of imagination. Er, I mean battery acid and silver. And they vow to come back and finish off Pennywise if he ever returns. Well, wouldn't you know who won the pony? Because Pennywise does return 30 years later. All of the Losers Club returns, save for Stan, who, when he gets the call from Mike, just can't even and exits the movie early, leaving the worst... <laughs> leaving the worst suicide note ever. Uh, when they arrive back in Derry, Pennywise does a worse job of telling them to get out than the haunted house and that treehouse of, of horror episode from The Simpsons. <laughs> so he pranks their dinner turning their Chinese food into a puppet show while the losers club hangs around talking avoiding the elephant in the room and turning and taking turns groping Bev Pennywise hits on Bill's wife Henry David Bowie Bowers attacks <laughs> Mike sort of and Bev goes for the Emmy outside next to a rose bush 
The losers all want to leave, but Bill makes a speech changing their minds, so they finally go down to the sewers to kill Pennywise. They end up in a large-scale fraggle cave where they find Bill's wife. It turns out that Pennywise is a giant spider creature alien thing. And as it turns out, inhalers aren't actually full of battery acid. Uh, but Bev is a whiz at video games and knows to shoot the glowing part of the end boss. <laughs> Eddie is knocked out, so the remaining four go all Temple of Doom on Pennywise, ripping out his heart? Question mark. Um, Bill puts his wife into mortal danger, and Mike reads us the epilogue that was obviously meant for Morgan Freeman as credits roll. <laughs> yes, Tim Russ does a pretty good Morgan Freeman impersonation in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's not not the best one I've heard, but pretty good for yeah, not even going close. for it. It's pretty close for someone not even going for it. He, he yeah. pretty much just gets there. <laughs> like yeah. if there was a movie, Morgan Freeman and Tim Russ, or, uh, or Tim, um, Reed. Tim, Tim Reed, sorry, not Tim Russ. He's from uh, Star Trek. Anyway, Tim Reed, yeah, could have played like, I don't know, Brothers? Like for, <laughs> or, <laughs> Tim, Reed, Tim Reed was doing Morgan Freeman before Ro- Morgan Freeman was doing Morgan Freeman. Yeah, exactly. That's why they could be, they could have been in a movie about two brothers. You know what I mean? Like they're, you can tell they come from the same family. The same damn family. Yeah. Oh, my so, God. Mark, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this one? Well, first of all, okay, uh, let's let's go through your roll call. Uh, not that I structured my notes on this, but it's a good way to do it. Um, so you don't call the authorities. You don't call the National Guard. You don't call <laughs> anybody. You don't even, you know, it's 1990. Mulder and Scully, I guess, are a couple of years away yet, so you can't call them. You call your high school buddies? Like, first of uh, all, how do you, you get every, uh, or sorry, elementary school buddies from that yeah. one summer? You know, like how, I, you know what, Derek, can you please pick up the phone and call two people from your elementary school? I Not actually high can't. school. I know. What's that? Oh, elementary school? Ooh. I, know, I know you're in touch with some people from high school. That's why I skipped past that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have one. I can Facebook them. Yeah, I have one that I could Facebook. One. I I could Facebook a couple. I I could do two or three. Yeah, but yeah, you could, I can. Okay, but you couldn't nineteen nineties call them, could you? No, no, because they never called you and gave you their number. <laughs> That's true. Right. So, yeah. I mean, unless you're watching the Arkies and know that <laughs> that John Ritter's character won an award and what company he works for. Okay. Maybe you can get a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> the writing recluse who's writing screenplays. Oh, let's talk about that guy for just oh, a well, that, That's, that's Stephen King. That's, that's a Stephen King trope. Yeah. And he's married to one of the most beautiful women in 1990. I, I read her IMDb. She's been, been heralded as like one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood at the time. Who's this? Uh, the, the woman playing the wife. Or his girlfriend? Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ar- she's of Argentinian, English, Scottish descent, raised in Buenos Aires, but spent time in England and in California. Like, she's very exotic, very beautiful. Bill's wife? Yeah. Yeah, I, you, go, you pop into her IMDb, and it's like, holy cow, like, she's, she was lauded as this, this beauty, this exotic beauty, you know what I mean? And, uh, that goes to show you what what I thought of some of the parts of this movie. I started reading IMDb profiles, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, 
so I'm like, okay, so hey, you know what? I was going to get down on Stephen King for this, but I tell you what, if I wrote the movie about my life, I'd cast a good looking guy and he would be married or at least dating like the best looking woman I could cast. Like sure. I would do this. I would absolutely do this. So I was going to make fun of him, but you know what? Fuck it. I'll make fun of myself. I would have done the same damn thing <laughs> in every single movie. Um, and then we have, uh, oh, well, John Ritter. I, I love John Ritter. Don't get me wrong. God rest his soul. Yeah. Um, I couldn't believe he was in this once things got going because like, it was a waste of his comedic talents. Like, he's got to play kind of a straight man to Harry Anderson. Nothing against Harry Anderson, but I mean, you know, like two like sitcom legends in there. Sure. And, and you don't let them both off the off the chain, right? Like John Ritter has to play reserved and Harry Anderson gets to make all the jokey jokes. So kind of a waste there. And and okay, and and the kid okay. uh, Maybe I should go back to my notes because I'm just because <laughs> okay, the, the kid, Ben, I get it. He's fat. He gets stressed out. What does he do? Pull out a bag of M&Ms. We get it. He's the yeah. fat kid. So much so that when it gets to be John Ritter, oh my God, what happened to you? You were so fat. Yeah. Like, we get it. You know what I mean? Like, that was his only character trait. Even so, like, even young uh, uh, Bev, like, looked right through him and to other characters for, like, I like this boy over here, not the other kid. Why? Because he's fat. Yeah. Like, what the hell, 1990? I thought you were better than this, but I guess not. <laughs> no, it was 1990. What are you talking about? I thought we were getting past it, but no, you know, no, this was God another knows. 20 years before we would start getting past it, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought when the librarian was the one solving the case, it was like his name would be Dewey. But anyway. Oh, yes. boo. Boo. And a librarian, why? Why couldn't he have been a cop? You would think you have that happen. Kids disappear. You stay in the town. You would think he would be like the new chief of police. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like, librarian? Why? What What out of his childhood? Like, everyone else got the fuck out of Dodge. Good for them. But Yeah. And, but you know what I mean? Like, what, what out of... This childhood was like, I got to read more books. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, no, it really doesn't make any sense. Oh, and did you did you catch, by the way, when they do the fly, when they start doing the flashbacks, there's a woman playing piano when we go in on um, on Jonathan Brandis. So young Bill. Did you notice there's a woman playing piano and on the piano? is a picture of the woman playing the piano. So she's got a picture of herself on her piano. Where? where, In what scene? It's, it's, uh, so we have uh, adult Bill gets the phone call. So he starts, I guess, is the first flashback. Yeah. Yeah, because Tim Reed, uh, Reed. Yeah, Tim Reed. Yeah, Tim Reed. So, yeah, so, yeah, he, he is on scene bugging the detectives about yeah, what's yeah. going on. Pick gets the picture, right? So he, the first one he calls is Bill. Bill has the first flashback. So when they're panning into the house like 30 years later, thanks for no title card, might I add. Could have kind of used it. But <laughs> uh, so 30 years ago, and they're panning in on Bill's house, 
there's a woman playing the piano in the in the in the living room through and we can see her through the window was they're panning across uh, panning up to his room they show a picture on it's not right in in it's in frame but it's not right close up but you can tell it's the same woman so she's got to be his mother herself. right yeah yeah so she's got a picture of herself on the on the piano that she herself is playing i thought that was kind of funny well, you see, and that's the thing, because later on, like near the end of the movie, but right before he gives his big rousing speech that gets everyone to go down to the sewers, he pictures in his head or he sees a woman in the in the hotel with a little kid playing the piano. Yeah. But in that scene, it's just the woman playing piano. It's not his little brother and the woman playing piano. Yeah, yeah she's a solo act. makes sense, right? Because yeah. he sees, you know, his mom and little Georgie playing piano and then he sees what he believes to be a replica of that, which would then send him into, uh, we got to go and we got to go kill this clown. Furthermore, it's not even the same type of piano. Oh, I don't care if it's the same type of piano. Well, but No, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, to further your point, it's not even the same, like, the piano that was in his house growing up. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's it, like the one in his house, it's a stand-up piano. She's got, and there's a picture of her on the top. So when he sees that vision later, he sees a woman playing a different kind of piano, like a grand piano, yeah. with a kid there. So we never saw that before, and it's not yeah. the same There's piano. no imagery. The imagery's all off. Like, there's no kid, and it's a different piano. So how are we supposed to link that back, other than it's a piano? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Do you notice how when they came back to Derry, they did almost, like, it takes them forever to actually do something? Well, they all, yeah, it's it's like Mike said, come to Derry, but didn't say where they're going to meet. So they all arrive at these random spots in the town and have their own, like, hang on, I need to go have a soliloquy. Well, th- well, there's that too. But once they all get together and once they, you know, they're sitting around having dinner, not discussing what they're what they're doing here. Yeah. Then they're sitting around the, the, the room, not discussing what they're doing, not <laughs> discussing that their food came to life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or that they're having these having these visions, and then just so and and then Richie Harry Anderson is just like, okay, well I'm going to bed and then I'm waking up and I'm going home. Okay, see ya. So you came back to Derry just to leave? Yeah. Why did you come back? You came back under the everyone came there under the auspices that it has returned. Yes, and we will do something about it. So they all show up, and then. Yeah, he wants to fuck off. What? Yeah. He's talking the whole time just I want to leave and I'm and I'm leaving. I'm not sticking around. I'm not doing this. Well then why did you come back? Yeah, shouldn't he he could have done this over the phone. <laughs> yeah. Said thanks nice to hear from you again, but no, click. Yeah. I I, I don't get it. I but, like we need we we needed a moment where he said I th- I I wanted to see you guys or something like that. Like give us a, but even that he passes off as jokes. Yeah. Like, oh, it's nice. Nice walking down memory lane, but yada, yada, yada. But yeah, smelling that old dairy air. And, uh... Yeah. Oh boy. Um, he's the comedian. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. And John Ritter's in the corner saying, I'm fat. Anyway, I was fat. I used to be fat. I used, I used to be, to be a butterball. It used to be a butterball. Oh my god! I, and, and really, though, like the kid that played him really wasn't that. Fa- he was big. Yeah, he just like <clears throat> you might have described him as stocky. Yeah, 
Like he had a little. Yeah, he wasn't. He looked square. He looked like a football player. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say he looked like a football, but no. He, yeah, you're right. He looked like a football player. Well, and that, and that's what I would have got like a stockier dude. Be like, yeah, I friggin' I started lifting and. Yeah, that would have made sense. Instead of he goes into track. That, okay, sure. Yeah, just all of a sudden he's telling the story, and I'm like, oh my god, giant clown, killer clown. <laughs> yeah, Tim Curry's sitting in makeup. Reese? Good like, lord. <laughs> Deal with this, please. No, I know. <laughs> uh, I've got so many things here. So uh, as paper boats go, this one's the best. The best I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. Not that I saw a whole lot, but this seems to give some credence to like, no, build one. It's awesome. Like, it's cheap. And you, and as long as you get a perfect sun shower, which Georgie gets, you'll have a great day. <laughs> yeah. Which he gets. Yeah. Yeah that, <laughs> yeah, that was the sunniest storm I've ever seen. Yeah, I saw one recently, but it was legit. It wasn't like, oh, it's a sunny day, but let's turn on the old, the old rain machine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I always say that the 90s are the 80s hangover, right? And if you doubt me, check out the shoulder pads in this, <laughs> especially John Ritter's date when he's coming back from the Arkies. It, it, the only thing taller than her shoulder pads is the building he designed. Like it's <laughs> yeah. and it is awesome. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just going through here like things just came to me right like there might not be like everything sure. in order we don't have four hours so I know um so the bullies give chase the first when we so we get the flashback from um uh Ben sorry I keep calling him John Ritter but it's Ben right because we have young Ben, ben old yeah. Ben yep so Ben Ben uh by the way <laughs> gets the phone call <laughs> takes a bottle of whatever. Drives to a building, goes way up to the top of the building to stand yeah. on the edge of the building and flashback. <laughs> like, that's yeah. a long way to go to flashback. Like, we, we saw Bill get it done right in his living room. I don't know why, ben, <laughs> why he had to diva up and go all the way to the top of this damn building. And that's it. Just to fly, just be like, ah, finally, I can think. What would the shoulder pads do distracting? What was going on there? <laughs> I don't get it, and, but I love that the bullies give chase to the kid who is, that's right, fat, so obviously he's got to be slow, right? But they lose him. He falls down a short hill, they give chase, and then, where the hell did he go? Yeah. Right? Doesn't give doesn't give much to your, to your whole, oh, he's a fat kid, can't move thing. <laughs> that's very true. That's very yeah, true. Yeah, they lose him in an instant. So... It's too bad he didn't point back to that instance. Uh, that first time I ran away from the bullies, that's when I, I knew I could run. That would have tied that nicely. Yeah, that would have been better. Yeah, but anyway, who might have improved on Stephen King, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and so there we go. Uh, yeah, Eddie Eddie asks Ben what they're going to do if the bullies come back, and all Ben does is stress eat some M&Ms. We get it. <laughs> we get it. All right. Um <laughs> and and then next up is oh no that was the, Ben had a long flashback didn't he? They all had long flashbacks, dude. Yeah, uh, like Ben Ben was long because he was he, like he introduced Bev, 
Uh, he introduced Eddie. Yeah, um, he kind of joined. Richie he eventually the, came along. Yeah, he is kind of the glue to a degree, but it's like, oh, I got to tell you, if I had a nickel for every time someone said you're only here because mom says it's our Christian duty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heavy anti-Christian overtones. That's that's Stephen King, too. Oh, for sure. And then we go to Bev, I think. Yeah. That's next to my notes. And, uh, wow. How, how about that boyfriend? Doesn't even let her finish explaining why she has to go to Maine and already... Smack! Yeah, it's like, I gotta go to Maine. Psh! Okay, I guess I'm going <laughs> to Maine and you can fuck off. <laughs> Wow, I was yeah. like, yeah, I was like, yeah. Well, it was the '90s. It was a different time. Yeah, I guess that was kind of the '50s hangover, you know. Yeah, because <laughs> it was kind of like uh, Eddie Murphy kind of jokes about, Psh! oh, you know what I mean? Like there's, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it was like that at first, but then she fights back, and I was like, okay, good, like progress, now, I guess. <laughs> did you get that they were trying to say that? Okay. Um, because when when she's trying to get away, or she's yelling "never again, never again, never again," she's throwing things at the guy, yeah. um, and he hits him in the head with a glass or whatever. Yeah. Did you get that they were trying to foreshadow her shooting Pennywise in the head? Oh no, no! I just was like, oh, she's got daddy issues. Because they do the same kind of slow down thing. Where they show the thing is slowing down and hitting him in his head, going right back and everything else. It is right in the same spot. It is in the same spot. Yeah, now that I think about it, yeah, it's right in the exact same spot in the cranium. I'm like, so so throwing a glass is a remnant of her being able to shoot a slingshot. Slingshot. That I don't know how that works. And if she was supposed to have such good aim, why was she off center both times? Yeah, why did it take her three times? Yeah, and even though when she like she hits Pennywise because he had a big head, but like she was hitting those bottles with pinpoint accuracy. Why was she off center when she tried to shoot it? When she shot at him in the in the sewer, and then again when it was Buddy, like she's a natural, right? She's a natural yeah. sharpshooter, right? And it was Buddy shooting him square in the nose or something like that with that. But no, she's always just like up and to the to the right. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Like all right. But it's it sucks that that's the type of character like she like her only arc is like my dad abused me and so do all my boyfriends. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's her arc. Is... Yeah, but at least she's not a complete damsel in distress. Like she was the sharpshooter. Okay, good progress, you know. But sure, I guess you know. But uh... <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, so my only next note is Seth Green equals Harry Anderson. That's all I have to say yeah. about that. <laughs> and a little little baby Seth Green trying to do voices and accents and stuff like that. Uh, that was that was funny. Yeah, that got annoying after a while. And, and it kind of stopped, though. Like I guess, well, yeah, like like doing all the voices doesn't come back when he was when he's an adult. You know what I mean? Like he becomes he's not a doing this. He, yeah, you would think they would have put those two in a room to work out some bits. Well, I mean, just kind of. You know, maybe you know I mean? maybe like, he does a voice later on in order to pull Pennywise out or something. You know what I mean? Well, or, I, I was even just talking about like he's still doing those voices like in his in his act um, on TV. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like like something. like a voice he does as a kid becomes a character he does. You know, 
But no. <laughs> now that comes back. So the next thing I have is like six kids, six kids hanging around in the 60s building a dam where it doesn't belong. So video games can't come along soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's just destruction of property, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Now, why do you think Kid Ben didn't tell Kid Bev that he wrote the poem? Because they're kids. I don't know. I, I <laughs> well, was, to be honest, they were the whole thing is looked like it was setting up something else, and she does eventually realize that it was him, um, and she does eventually fall for John Ritter in the future. Yes. Yeah. No. She but falls, at that point, she falls for she falls for the handsome, successful, thin Thinner. architect, yeah. <laughs> thinner yeah. architect. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And that's the one thing. Did you notice how, like, when when they came back and she was, and they're all adults. Did you notice that they were all like flirting with her and trying Don't to get touch ahead of her? Me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's let's get there now. I want to talk about this because this bugged me. This was weird. Okay. So yes, to your point, and I do have a note in here that says, you know, that as soon as they knew they were going to a reunion, every single damn one of them was like, please let Bev be hot. Please let Bev be hot. Cause they haven't seen her in uh, like 20, it would have been, well, they, I don't, 30 years. Well, we don't know that they separated exactly after that summer. Do we, do we? Well, no, they say it 30 years later. Right. But I mean, you assume that after the events of the, th- of, of the first Pennywise attack that they're, still going through some school together. They don't all just immediately like, well, we killed Pennywise. Guess we have no reason to talk to each other anymore. Yeah. Well, they don't so really 20, say. 20 so. some, you know, like let's we'll call it 25, even 28 years later, whatever. Sure. So they don't know what she looks like, but I, you bet your bottom dollar is like, please let her be hot. Please let her be hot. Please let her be hot. Please let her. Oh, thank God. She's hot. You know what I mean? Like, like every single one of them was thinking, but like, that. even like Bill who has a wife at home, who has a beautiful wife at home. Yeah. yeah. Like he was like, oh my God, fucking Bev and everything else. And I'm like, but then his wife comes to Derry and he's like, oh my God, my wife. And, and I'm it's like, like, you forgot. But you were just drooling all over Bev. Yeah. And like she comes in and gives them all like, like pretty much all a like deep mouth kiss greeting. Yeah. Like it's yeah, been. Yeah, she 30, does. Yeah. Yeah. It's been 30 years. Let's make out. Uh, okay. No wonder you were looking forward to seeing her again. And in front of everyone else. Oh, yeah. Well, she does multiple people, though. That's the yeah. thing. <laughs> I'm like, I shouldn't grab the waiter. Come here, sailor. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Good to see you. you know? Like, holy Jesus. Like, what the hell's going on? Now, this goes back to anything else on this. Yeah. But the thing is, is like in the book, there's an ending that you'll never, ever see on, on video. After the kids defeat Pennywise... They believe that they've become adults. So they gangbang Beverly. Um, what? Yeah. What did you... Did you just... Yes, I said did, what you just heard. In the... So, I'm looking at the IMDb. It's not there. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm seeing Jonathan Brandis, Bill Denborough. Age 12. Brandon yeah. Crane as Ben Hanscom. Age 12. Seth Green, yeah. Richie Tozer. Age 12. Yeah. Now, in the book, are they 12-year-olds? 
Let's see. Just pulling it up here. I mean, I mean, like I get it. Like the casting, then thirty years later, so they're all in their forties now. They're all forty-two. <laughs> Wait. All right. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't say. W- w- Wikipedia doesn't mention it. Uh, Wikipedia is probably too ashamed to mention. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And, and they all, so, like they just have a massive like six uh, you know six on one. Pretty much. Because they all become adults at that point. And so, having become adults, we thought, let's just. Oh my. Good God. Yeah. So knowing that and seeing Beverly being as friendly as she is. Well, I guess it makes sense now. She's <laughs> yeah. she's had all of them. Yeah. Like, like this... in the book. This is all in the book. This is not in this one. But... Oh, chalk it up to a books I'll never read. <laughs> Just read up until the Why? end. Yeah. No Why? idea. Steve? It's... What are you... <laughs> <laughs> Steve. Steve. What what do you I don't I need text here right now to or unless you've read Stephen King novels, does just like alien endings, is this a thing now too? Like No, no, no. Is there no. a scene in Langoliers where they're in the back <laughs> of the plane and they're No. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my! Why did you, why are you telling me this now? I don't know if I can continue. <laughs> we, I mean, all the rest of the stuff seems pretty mundane now. I mean, there's a murder plot afoot. Might I add, like these kids don't just face Pennywise; they face Henry and his crew, who are literally out to murder. Capital yes. punishment style murder these kids. Yeah. That doesn't seem like the worst thing in this movie all of a sudden. <laughs> they survived that. Well, yeah, because. Uh... Yeah, so here it is here. So fans of the novel question whether King's most infamous scenes will make an appearance in the film. It doesn't. Uh, this is talking about this is talking about the, the chapter one before it came out. So in the book, after the Losers Club de- defeats Pennywise, they get lost in the dairy sewer system. Uh, After coming to the realization that they can't escape without being unified, Beverly, the single female member, decides she needs to have sex with the six boys. Uh, She goes, I have an idea, Beverly said quietly. In the dark, Bill heard a sound he could not immediately place, a whispery sound, but not scary. Uh, Then there was more, then there was a more easily placed sound, a zipper. What, he thought, and then she realized what, and then he realized what. She, uh, he was undressing. For some reason, Beverly was undressing. We, and after I, they have, after they all have sex I, with with her, they they remember the how to get out. What? Yeah. So now her prepubescent innocence—I'll call it that—to be polite—is now magical. They, these these preteens had what they just had a build up that they had to get rid of. No idea. Oh my god! I'm horrified. 
Oh, well, because I don't understand how that serves the plot. Like, the movie actually does a better job of they're innocent kids. Yes, they're bonded by this experience. Yes. And they make a promise. You know, they've, they've, you know, trial by fire, the crucible, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But then they come out the other side and be like, well. And for her to be the one to... To instigate it. Yeah, to be like, well, <laughs> at least there's no competition. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But you'll never see that on, <laughs> on screen. In, in any version. I, I can't yeah. fathom why that would be... I can't fathom why it's in, in the book to begin with. I don't understand, like, because it's not that's like that is horrifying, but for a different reason that Stephen King usually goes for. He's usually about other types of horror, right? Right. I it what's purpose? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm gonna try and gather myself here. <laughs> uh, I don't know how, but. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, there's a comic book in this. Did you see someone in the cafeterias reading a comic book? <laughs> Mr. District Attorney. I looked it up. It was an actual DC comic book from 1948 to 1959. Oh, really? Yeah, it's legit. It wasn't just made up for the for the for the movie. Yeah, this one takes place in the 50s. Yeah, the bullies were our were the 1960s. Is the 60s? Well, no, it's thirty years later, right? Nineteen ninety. This is so. This is the year nineteen sixty. Oh, okay, right. And then they get back together in the year nineteen ninety, right? So, right. Yeah. So, Mister District Attorney had just finished its run. Yeah. Eleven years. That's not bad, actually. I don't know how many adventures a District Attorney gets into, but I guess what, eleven years worth. Oh, uh, did nineteen sixties cops make pinky squares with kids? Do you think? <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of weird, isn't it? Shake yeah, the cop, the cop shows I, up. Doesn't, to... doesn't tell him to get rid of the dam. It's just like, okay, well, you swear that you're going to travel as a pack. I mean, you guys look pretty close, you know. <laughs> and how stereotypical. It's an Irish cop. I, oh, sure. Um, sure, boys. Yeah. Beverly, you're a nice lass. Why don't you get closer with these fellas? Okay, see, I can't stop thinking that. <laughs> Oh, uh, one thing that made me laugh it was uh, the the showing of I was a teenage werewolf playing at seven and nine thirty. They leave early. Yeah. In broad daylight. Broad so daylight. Was it a seven a.m. show? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never noticed that. Actually, I totally noticed that because it's because they made a point a couple of times of showing the marquee playing at seven and nine thirty, and then when they run out, it's daylight. <laughs> wow so my, i'm gonna fast forward to when the bullies are chasing them and we have the we have mike show up right so completing the seven right uh, yeah when they start throwing rocks i'm like we now join this episode of lord of the flies now already in progress nice <laughs> And I love how how all the posing that Jonathan Brandis does. I don't know like whose acting choice this was, but he's he'll stand up, look away, keep talking to the group, then walk away, still facing away from the group, still talking away from them, and so that way they have to all get up and go to him. Like, is it some kind of pseudo alpha male stuff? You ever notice that? Like when they're in the in the by their dam. 
they're all around their campfire and they're like, I'm going to be this when I grow up. I'm going to be that when I grow up. And then he right, gets right. Up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just this weird kind of like almost like, I'm, I'm sorry. Is this Henry the eighth? Are you on the, you know, <laughs> you're, you're not at Lord Shakespeare's theater here, kid, you know, it's like, yeah. And you're out in the brush. So if you talk away, the sound goes that away. Yeah. You're making all the people behind you have to wait for it to reverb back before they hear what you just. (laughs) It's all very dramatic, (laughs) but it's little kid drama. Like that's what, like I I expect it from the adults. You know what I mean? You know, you see that, and they get up, go by the window, but they keep talking and they're looking out the window. But this little kid gets up, faces away, then walks away, keeps going. (laughs) They have to catch up. I'm sorry. What did you say? (laughs) Wait, what was it? What? 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 Uh, Yeah. Sorry, were you having a moment? What? <laughs> and then there was the one. So I wonder if in the book, the sex was replaced by the asthma inhaler scene, you know, just before they go into the sewer the first time as kids, mm-hmm. they all take a puff of the, the asthma inhaler. Yeah. I don't know what that was supposed to be. I wonder because... if that if that was kind of replacing the sex, which binds them together. Well, but the thing is, is, like one of them says, "Oh, you know that's not medicine; that's battery acid," and then they all take a puff on it. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't get it. Like, why would you? But why would you want to inhale battery acid? What? I don't even. I like. I don't. I totally don't get that. Scene makes no sense to me. Like, why? 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 Why are you inhaling what you believe is battery acid? And plus, why does the inhaler work? On Pennywise the first time. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, Since we the... know, we know from earlier, it's a placebo. It's water. Uh, yeah, so when they take a puff, it's water. Yeah. And all, yeah, and, and he tells them that. Yeah, he knows it's a placebo. Yeah. I, I, so they take a puff from it for no good well, to get some water. I guess stay hydrated, I suppose, but... Yeah. And... And well, what I uh, yeah, a few things I don't understand is this bad guy. It's the clown, but is the is is the clown a mental projection from the alien using the telepathic al- powers? The alien can take any form it wants. That's why it looks like a werewolf. It looks like um, um, all the other things that it, that it looks like, um, and and. Oh, like it, cha- uh, it changes ben, form. Ben's, Ben's dad. Ben's dad is a skeleton. Yeah, exactly. You know, Ben's. You know, Ben's dad standing off in the thing. Blah blah blah. It can change to uh, however it wants, and I guess it can read minds because it knows. Well, I, exactly. There's some mental powers going on there because it's. Yeah, and 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 the and and it, in this movie, it's not really explained, but there's a reason why Pennywise is scaring these kids and not just killing them. Like when he goes after the little girl at the very beginning of the movie, he just goes out and kills her. Yeah, we don't right? see a body, but we assume, yeah, because she's yeah. covered and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then Georgie, he meets Georgie in the sewer and he grabs Georgie and takes Apparently him down. pulls his arm off. Yes. And kills That's him. That's gruesome. Yeah. And pulls him down into the sewer. But then why then stalk the rest of the kids? You've already killed six. Why stalk the rest? You know what I mean? 
in the new movie, they give you a reason, and I won't spoil it for you. Okay, okay. But, well, the, but there is a reason, but in this one, it's not explained. So my reading on this creature, at first I thought it was a demon, right? Because, okay. Yeah, um, the use of water really, and there in in, and I looked it up. Almost every culture has some form of a water demon in their mythology. Okay. And so I thought because it was like it comes out of the drain, the shower scene, uh, the swamp. You know what I mean? Like it was all water based kind of thing, more or less going more on. More or less. When they're yeah, kids, the, yeah. The, when they're kids, yeah. So there was this this running theme. So I'm like, oh, okay, it's a water demon. That's kind of cool. Um, and it what? explains why it can do things and, you know, it's magic. Right. Uh, okay, fine. So, so how did that theory hold up when he appeared in the library telling really bad jokes? Well, he's a dick. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, it, it was raining. Oh, okay. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, so they, yeah, and they even, he even makes it rain in the library, at least to them. Yes. No, I mean, when, when he's up on the balcony and he's just, when it's just uh-huh. Andy Anderson. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like, well, do you well, have Prince Albert in a can? You do. Well, you better let him out. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. He went on in the like 1990 he's, internet and read dad jokes. Yeah. He's like, dude, no, he's doing like prank phone calls. Is your refrigerator oh, yeah. running? Well, yeah, you better yeah, yeah. go catch it, you know. <laughs> um, well, I, oh, I'm saying he's a, the origin is a water demon, but that doesn't mean he was limited to just water, right? But, I mean, I there is a ton of water imagery, including, like, when he comes back later and it makes it rain in the library. Like, it, all of this is adding to my little theory here until that Muppet shows up at the end. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I shouldn't besmirch, besmirch the good name of Muppets, but, <laughs> yeah. but so, okay. So then now going back and say, okay, if it's an alien, it's, it's gotta all be mental projections. I'm thinking it's all mental projections. I don't think he's an actual shapeshifter and here's why. Okay. Um, simply put, if he was taking physical form, then them saying they when when they're like it's not real it's not real it's not real mm-hmm. gets rid of them sure. that's that's yeah so they they don't do anything to physically push them away so i don't think this thing is taking physical form and getting to them like the werewolf what he didn't turn into a werewolf and attack seth green right right it was always okay. yeah so this tells me it's so first of all yes reading minds because that's why he's knowing what their fears are like seth green was really afraid of the werewolf movie you know, the dad, uh, well, the, the daddy issues that both Ben and Bev have right. separately, right? Ben's dad's dead. Beverly's abusive. Like, he knows the intimate details. So, obviously, you're right. The mental, that's one of the superpowers. But I think it's mental projection is the other one because that's why it's taking whatever form that would most scare the kids from that mental reading. And also why them saying it's not real, it's not real, it's not real is pushing it away. They're mentally fighting it off. We, they don't explain that. That's just my observations. Okay. And kind of acquainting myself with superpowers as I have, you know, in, right. in, in different media. That sure. makes more sense to me than that because it's, it's, it's almost like they solve it by the power of love. Well, that's not a physical threat. He's not, you know, I mean, otherwise the werewolf would have torn Seth Green in two. Sure. If he was physically there, he could attack him. Right. Right. Um, 
uh, for a few exceptions, like the kids he's killing, like he was in the sewer, appeared to Georgie as a clown, and then ripped his arm off. Right. So there are times when he's showing up, but I think there's times when he's not, which is why some, the the power of belief just shoes him away. Can I tell you something? Am I totally wrong? He is a shapeshifter. What? No, then it doesn't. He's a shapeshifter shapeshifter with mind-reading powers. A shapeshifting alien. So that's like canon definitive? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then. Again, dude, it's. No. No. Again, it's so much better explained in the the new one. You're going to go. When I walked out of the when I walked out of it chapter one in 2017, I'm like, now that's how you tell that story. Because there's so many things that are better explained. There's so many things that are that that make more sense. There are more things. There's more character development. There's more characters. There's better actors. Hang on a second. So Derek, let's say you work at a bank. Okay. Guy comes in, puts on a mask, holds a gun in your face and says, give me all your money or I'll shoot. And you say, and you say, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. And he says, well, have a nice day and leaves. (laughs) In a way, yes. The Joker is at it again. Batman shows up and says, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real. The Joker says, I'll get you next time. Once again. It's better explained in the new one. It better be because the, yeah, because but you see what I mean. See where my mind went. I'm oh, thinking, I know, I know. Like, I like know. my explanation makes more sense based on what we're shown. Yeah, they can mentally fight this thing off. It has to be a mental problem. Yes. Otherwise, if he's physically there, he's a pussy, and we shouldn't be afraid of him because they're just saying it's not real, and he just says, "Well, see you later." Yeah. He just leaves. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. I can't believe this. This thing, this deal's getting worse all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I'm, I'm going to hope that the book explained it better. Well, I will give him that. There, he's yeah. had the t- he had the pages and the prose sure. to do it. Right? He's a he's a masterful writer, so he must have put a better explanation than what we're visually seeing in this. Yeah, I've never read the book myself, but. Because he also had, because the other thing too is he's also able to transform the area around him. Like in the shower scene, he made. Yes. So the he's showers got, come out. The showers come out. Not only that, but the floor opens up so Tim Curry can pop out. Yeah. And then swallow <laughs> him back up again when he says, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. So he now has telepathy, shape shifting powers, and a form of telekinesis where he can actually affect the area around him. Yes. He is turning out to be a few of the X-Men all at once. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he doesn't even... But that's the thing. So this is... So he can literally just change the geography around him. It, It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. That's his kryptonite? <laughs> once you it. see chapter one, you'll get it. Oh, better. And here's here's one thing. Is he, he keeps talking about everything floating. Oh, well, you, they all float down here. Yeah. They all float down here. No, apparently they all get stuck to the wall with cobwebs down here. That's I don't know floating. if that's floating. But... I, like, and, and it's only a couple of adults. We don't see, like, 
No, it's like, like Bill's wife and a few and a few other adults. And yeah, Stan. we did, like we didn't even see like a one armed kid skeleton. I know that's kind of too gruesome for TV, maybe, but well, we you know what I mean, him. like like hinting at Georgie's bones, kind of thing. Well, and yeah, but we see Georgie though with one arm because he pulls he pulls Bill down the the water thing, which was so stupid because the the little paper boat comes riding up to them. He yeah. picks it up. He sees Georgie down the hall, and then he puts the boat down. And he's like, "Oh, this boat's going to tell us where to go." And yet he puts it down and pushes it in one direction. Well, then you know where to go. Then you don't yeah. need the boat yeah. to fucking stop it. Yeah. Just start making sense, movie. Yeah, that that, that away. Like, <laughs> yeah. And again, the alien does di- like literally disappear. So is he doing like predator style? Like light bending, transforming his body so he can do that. No. Well, now, great. Now he can teleport. So he's Nightcrawler. He's Morph. He's got Jean Grey's powers. <laughs> well, he can appear in different places at once. Oh yeah, yeah. So the teleport. So he's got teleportation now too. And he's anti-Semitic. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> no, he is because I must have missed that. Because Stan. The one that kills himself in the bathroom and just writes it on the wall mm-hmm. uh, is Jewish. He's the Jewish kid. Yeah. So when Bill goes to visit the grave of Georgie. Right. Okay. I know where you're says, going now. He says you can pick any of the graves except the one on the end, which has a cross instead of a Star of David. They all have crosses. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I got something else here regarding Pennywise. <clears throat> so he goes to Old Man Henry, says something convoluted like, I can get them if they believe or half believe. Yes. What's, what's the deal with that? Well, he says well, it to Henry. Yeah, like... so he needs, why does this thing that can do all this stuff need Henry? I, I don't know. That's just sort of a way to get Henry back in because Henry was, he basically took credit for killing them, right? I did like that touch. That essentially, yeah. for some reason, he fesses up to killing them. Now, maybe it's be- better clarified in the book. Did he actually kill them on behalf of Pennywise? Was he the one yes. actually doing the murders? Yes. So he, so he ripped uh, Georgie's arm off, et cetera, et cetera? No, 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 no. No, that was Pennywise. But he claimed responsibility for the murders. Right. So we see him as a kid. He saw the light. He saw the alien. His yeah, hair turned he, white. He was taken over by the deadlights. So basically, right. he was being mind controlled by Pennywise. Yeah. But why does Pennywise need him as an adult? This is one of the most confusing villains I've ever seen. Because he can do all this stuff. But then he he tells him to get lost. But has dug graves for them anyway. Right. Well, he says, if you stick around, I'm going to kill you. And why I guess. Warn your, why warn your quarry? I don't know. Like saying, hey, dear, run. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because they were able to defeat him in the past. I don't Maybe. know. I, you know I, I, mean? I honestly don't know. And then again, if you have, it's an alien who we've seen can do, like, he picks up the one kid, the one guy, uh, um, Eddie in his mandibles and pretty much crushes him to the point of unconsciousness. I thought he was dead. So we can see it can do that. It can physically affect the area around it. Like it's not 
like some sort of astral projection. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it killed all those kids. Why do they have to believe? He, he then in the same scene where he's talking about having them believe or half believe, he kills an orderly. Did the orderly believe in the thing he never heard about? No, he was killed by Henry Bowers, wasn't he? Well, Pennywise steps out and jumps him, and 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 for some reason he had a head like a dog, and then attacked the orderly. That's what we're shown. So it looks from the visuals again. I don't. I never read the books. Never gonna. From the visuals, it looks like Pennywise kills the orderly because he shapeshifts into a dog head with a clown body right. and jumps him, and we get the. Like, we don't get a follow-up news report like, a man was stabbed today at the whatever correctional facility, and police are on the lookout for Henry Bully Guy, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure how that works. Uh, yeah, see, this is, this is a weirdly, I don't want to say ill-defined, he's just incom- inconsistently defined villain. He can, yeah. He can do stuff that not do stuff. And then do stuff, other stuff that that, yeah, it it's so confusing. <laughs> but then again, Bev says that she's was waiting until she was ready to fall in love, and now she's ready. Thirty years after meeting the man of her dreams, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, she had to get smacked around a few times, you know. If if well, if there's a woman waiting for me, don't wait thirty years, please. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I would like to enjoy a bit more time, you know. <laughs> oh, not only okay, so not only do we have the orderly, uh, but Billy's girlfriend. She didn't. Yeah. She, Billy never told her about this shit. No. So did she have to believe? What did she? What was she believing in? Well, I don't. And yet she gets kidnapped by 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 what? It's just Pennywise there. Yeah, that's Pennywise. Yeah. So what? What's the power of belief actually doing in this damn movie? Yeah, it's... I don't get it. I do not get it, how it's... It's really, really bad. It is really bad. Yeah, it's bad storytelling. It's just, you know, a lot of these movies live and die by their villains, and this one is just... I, I can't get a handle on it. No. Look at look at the... I, you let me go for like five minutes on what I thought it was, yeah. based on what I saw. And I was knowing wrong. Full well, what I was going to say, the actor. Knowing full well that I was wrong, and but do, do you not agree that based on the evidence presented, sure, had you not known, you might have believed me, right? Sure. Like I made a lot of valid points based on what I saw. <laughs> just, oh my god. Oh, here's an interesting point then. Um. Richie says he's never slept with anyone because he hasn't loved anyone other than the Lucky Seven. And then, of course, then he looks at Beverly because he wasn't, right? Kind of puts her in a bit of a spot, no? And I got to believe now that that line was written for the movie. That basically he's grown up a virgin. Yeah. It had to have been because in the book, he wasn't. Well, yeah. (laughs) She fucked him all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... 
they they basically call Eddie out as a virgin. Not that there's because well, I mean, he was a mama's boy. He was still a mama's boy. They don't call boy. him out. Call him out. But he he admits that he's never slept with anyone. So obviously yeah. they took that part of the book and we're like, oh fuck no, we're gonna make the little yeah. version. <laughs> Good lord. And like, and he's an alien spider. What the anyway? I. I, I do have a note in here that says, holy shit, does everyone want to get their hands on a Neto tool? Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm i just, I'm flabbergasted. I, I'm even more confused now going into this because of what you told me about the book. Although, I, oh, I got to point out one scene. Sorry. I know we should wrap it up soon, but. Yeah. I really did laugh when they, you know, in the library. Because the, the scene you pointed out in the library when it was just Harry Anderson and Pennywise. He has a bunch of balloons come. Because that's his thing. And the idea is that only... And and here's another great thing. So obviously this is more of the mental powers going on. Because only Harry Anderson can see the balloons. Right. And see when they pop and there's blood. Yeah. I friggin' love the way that filmed that screen. Because the you can tell the extras didn't know when the (laughs) balloons were going to pop. They all flinched 100%. As you would. Yeah. But they couldn't, like, there was just no way to get that done, like, have it pop in their face and ha- not have a surprise effect, even though they're supposed to be like, I'm reading the paper. Yeah. Yeah. I laughed so hard at that. And and just because, like, it's an impossible thing to do. Yeah. These, you could do it now, right, with computer effects. But back sure. then, yeah, it was impossible. I laughed uh, a lot. And again, that's the other thing, too, is that they all have these shared hallucinations. So he's got some other like mental projection powers, too. See, I'm not I'm not wrong about him having that power. Bev sees all the blood in the in the bathroom. Her dad doesn't see it. Yes. She has to lie and say that he's putting that that, that there was a spider. Yeah. Harry Anderson well, the- sees all the balloons. The patrons of the library don't see it. The, in the Chinese restaurant, when the puppet show happens, the waitress doesn't see it. Right. Yeah, that's the thing is that it's not very clear in this movie is that the, the town, there's like a, the, like the town may be in on it or the town is being um, mind controlled or something so that they're ignoring all of the warning signs. That's why the cops don't think there's anything going on and stuff like that. Okay, so... So either he's can do a shared hallucination amongst the seven, or he's powerful enough to control the minds of a whole town and make he them may, ignore he, everything. He may not be controlling them, but they may it may be like a Freddy Krueger situation where you don't mention it, so it goes away. So when the dad has his hands on the on the on the sink and is covered in blood, he really knows that he's covered in blood. He's just not talking about it. No, like he doesn't see it because I don't know. That's the thing; it's never explained. So yeah, again, to wit, <laughs> yeah. to my point. Oh my god. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Um, so just a couple of things on this movie. Um, the night guard in the asylum is called Koontz. Okay. Named after Stephen King's rival author, Dean, Dean Koontz. Koontz. Yeah. Yep, I've heard that. I've seen that name in bookstores. Yep, uh, part one of this uh, of this TV series was the fifth highest rated programming on Sunday, November eighteenth, nineteen ninety. On what uh, on what station? ABC. Really? Yep. Part two was the second highest rated program on Tuesday night, November twentieth, nineteen 
with a 20.6 rating. Sunday night? Sunday what? night was eight, it was 18.5. Tuesday night was 20.6. Oh, they, they skipped a day. Yeah. Okay, well, Sunday they, night. What's that? They got to get people talking, right? Yeah, true. Oh, and they probably replayed it on Monday night. Yeah. So it must Maybe. have been a it must have been a later time slot because when I was a kid, and maybe maybe this was after that. Then um, I seem to remember like the what was it the wonderful world of Disney wonderful world of Disney six, six o'clock, o'clock Sunday nights yeah yeah so followed by this yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing they waited till like nine <laughs> probably yeah probably. Uh, and this movie, uh, just like the new movie, has a Canadian connection. This movie was filmed in New Westminster, British Columbia. Oh, nice. So, well, yeah, I can I can see that the nice little town, the the lush forests. You yep. know. Yeah. And the, and the new one was filmed in Coburg, Ontario. Coburg. Yeah. Really. Yep. You can actually go on a tour and see all the sites. Oh, that's not too far. There's a Christian camp there. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I have some almost cast for you. Ooh, uh, in the role of uh, Mike. Okay, the librarian David Allen Greer, who would have been oh. big in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, for Pennywise, Malcolm McDowell. Oh wow. Okay. First of all, uh, David Allen Greer. I think good choice with Tim Reed because again, it's not a comedy. Yeah. So. Kind of well, like Tim Reed, uh, WKRP in Cincinnati, but oh, true. I mean, but he, I mean, he, he was he, always he, the straight man, so true. But and like, yeah, yeah, he always had some good lines. But he's he's a good actor, you know. Not that David Allen Greer wasn't, but I mean, like he played this very well because it was like a, a serious role. But sorry, right. go ahead. Malcolm McDowell would have uh, been awesome. Roddy McDowell. Oh yeah, and Alice Cooper. No fucking way. Yeah. Huh. Um, and in Eddie, uh, the um, the asthmatic hypochondriac, uh, yeah. a very young, uh, this would have been 1990, so this probably would have been him as a kid, Jim Carrey. Well, he was kind of scrawny, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he would have been, yeah, I don't, well, he wouldn't have fit in as, uh, wait, oh, as- he, was on, he was on Saturday Night Live, so hang on a second. Or not Saturday Night Live. Um, in Living Color. Color. He wasn't in his 40s, though. No, but John Ritter wasn't in his 40s back then either. That's no, true. He's playing the hypochondriac, so who knows? Wow. Um, so as always on this show, we try to find the real story behind the story, Mark. Um, or is it Seven's Company? <laughs> okay. Speak, speaking of John, I got a few of them. Uh, or is it the Not-So-Magnificent Seven? Okay. Uh, or is it Stand By Me and Him and Her and Him and Him yeah, and Him? Him, yeah, okay. Or is it One Girl, Six Balloons? And oh my God, I was right on that one. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. I can't uh, believe that. I, I literally, I could show you my, I wrote them last night uh, when I watched the movie two nights ago. Just because of the, the, like sexual tension, I I wrote. I had no idea that that was actually yeah. a thing in the damn book. I kid you not, listeners. I that was not a bit. I was like, oh my god! But I was right. One girl, six balloons. Anyway, there you go. Uh, I have it. Uh, or is it the one argument someone can make for the case of remakes? 
Ooh, absolutely. Well, I'll see. <laughs> no, you'll see. Yeah. You'll see. <laughs> uh, or is it the untold story that McDonald's never wanted you to hear? <laughs> they all float at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, funny how McDonald's has never done an it tie in, eh? <laughs> so what grimace is like the abusive dad you know <laughs> like that's that shape uh, oh, that's the hamburglar hamburglar yeah, yeah oh grimace would be the werewolf i guess yeah 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 <laughs> so that's gonna do it for stephen king's it i'm derek i mean mark join us next time we'll take a look at the story of an aristocrat from paris who gets into trouble in his neighborhood moves to live with his family in L.A. John Renault adapts to West Coast life in The French Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs>